Well, for today's program, I thought it would be a good idea to spend some time with the guest we've had on before. From the great state of Texas, we're going to be welcoming Dr. William Wong. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, as many of you know, I'm taking part of this week off, and these programs were put together just prior to Tuesday. Tuesday, I had surgery, and we'll be letting you know tomorrow how everything came out. Had surgery on Tuesday to deal with an issue that I've been fighting with for over a year. And we decided it'd be a lot easier. I know how the surgery went last time, and I was able to do the program a lot quicker than I anticipated. But I decided, you know, I need to take a little time off. So with some help from friends like Jim Calhoun and others, we got a lot of these radio programs done. So my wife and I could head out on Monday and drive up to where the surgery will be at. I mean, it's about an hour or so away. And to go up on the interstate, Interstate 81, in the wee hours of the morning when it can be foggy and just terrible... We decided it would be safer to go up the night before and and stay at a at a motel just down the street from the hospital. And if everything worked out according to plan, we would be on our way home in the very early afternoon. And then I would enjoy some time of, of much needed rest on Wednesday and and even today, Thursday. And so I asked Dr. Wong if he would, you know, join me today. We didn't have any particular plan of what we wanted to talk about. and But it's always fun to bring him on this radio program. His knowledge of, of medicine and health, uh, nutritional supplements is second to none, and his, his understanding of politics and the things that we face in our world today is just outstanding. Now, hopefully, as we get into tomorrow and next week, I'll be sharing with you some of the things that are really on my mind, uh, that that I really want want to talk about. As I look at this year of 2023 and all the and all the opportunity, look, the world has gone crazy. I was reading an article from somebody that made a lot of sense. He, he looks at the, he calls Washington D.C. and I have to agree, you may not. But I have to agree, it's a uniparty. You got two parts of a uniparty. One is just worse than the other. And and so all the in wrangling and everything else that went on this past week in D.C., it's all theater. It's nice to know there are a few people that actually have a backbone and stand up. I've met too many congressmen. I've known too many congressmen. I've been represented by congressmen that when they ran for office promised all kinds of stuff and all the wonderful things they were going to do. And when they had power, including the White House and the Senate, they never followed through. They lied. And I've been seeing that this now for 50 years. You know, it's just getting worse and worse and worse that you can't trust these people. My congressman in, in Florida is a great disappointment. 
supposedly veteran, super conservative, but when it comes to things that are very important, he caves. The swamp has gotten to them. And I really believe there is a deep state out there. So we need to be aware of that. And as Christians, we need to be aware that our freedom of of expression and religion are consistently becoming under attack. And so we need to prepare. And I'll be talking about that next week. Now, as I said, we decided today I've reached out and, and Dr. William Wong was so, well, happy to, to oblige and help me out. And so, Dr. Wong, I welcome you once again to the microphone here at uh, Truth to Ponder. And, and kind of, if you could, can you give me a little bit of an update? What's been going on in the wonderful world of, of Dr. William Wong? Actually, personally, not much with me. I've been sitting here watching the world go by, watching the world grow more insane and more satanic, and wondering when God's going to step in and just clear everything out. I understand. I understand. I I, I watch the same news you do. I I watch the same talking heads, and and I've been saying it of late, uh, I, I think going back to 19... 96 was kind of an unusual year for me. My my wife and I, we lived in a little town called Toccoa, Georgia. We had never had, I think I had cable TV once in my life. And only because I was doing some work back then, engineering-wise, for a cable TV company. So I got it for free. Other than that, all my life I was an antenna child. You know, we just had the big antenna up there and, you know, we're happy with our three channels. And sometimes four. And then I got one of those little offers you can't refuse in the mail. And it was kind of like, okay, yeah, it's going to cost me a little bit of money. And where we lived in Georgia, sometimes we had trouble getting a lot of stations. And 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 I said, you know, I'm willing to try this $20 or something a month satellite television from Dish Network. And I figured, you know, it was month to month. I wasn't under a contract. So I bought the equipment, the one receiver. And I became, you know, we we found Fox News like on day one. Fox News was brand new in 96. So we're talking, we are an adapter to this literally in the first couple of months. And it's nothing like I'd ever seen before. And and the programs were not, were, were rather nice. But over the years, especially in recent years, I think Fox News has become extremely tainted. Am I, would, would you agree with that? Oh, gosh, yes. As soon as Roger Ailes stopped owning the thing and uh, Rupert Murdoch bought it, it started changing. Murdoch's son is uh, the director of Fox or the president of Fox now. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's changed the content. And he's uh, he's actually been let's say, paying folks to change their opinions? Yeah. I, I saw a story recently that is, you know, that, that's out there that is accurate uh, when it comes to some of the talking heads at night. Uh, my issues are this. You got two of them that are probably somewhat sane, and that's uh, Tucker Carlson to a degree and Laura Ingram. Mm. Uh, Laura Ingram is one of the few that is still willing to talk to people about the virus and about the fact that the vaccines don't work. I mean, she's one of the few that'll do it. And why face diapering is ridiculous, especially with kids. 
and but but you don't see that in the rest of the the narrative. I mean, Hannity won't touch it at all. Uh, and when you get paid forty million dollars for a radio and TV show a year, that's what he makes. Yeah, he has to answer to the money. Yes, and, and I said this the other day on the radio program. I mean, you get to a point that. It takes a lot of integrity not to let the money get to you. Now, Rush Limbaugh made a lot of money, and but he owned his radio show. Nobody owned him, and there lies a difference. And he lost a lot of good accounts over the years, like, you know, Snapple and others, you know, because, well, you're getting a little too controversial for us, but thankfully, there was always somebody to pick up the slack. Yeah. There was always an audience there. And once again, he was smart enough way back in the 80s to take ownership of his program and have it represented by a company, which is a lot of them don't, but he did. Uh, and, and there lies the difference. He's not an employee uh, of some of these networks right. where, 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 where Sean Hannity is. I mean, Sean Hannity went from being a local New York City radio host and I, and I know a little bit about Sean because I kind of watched him because I worked in Georgia for years and the company I worked for, we owned a radio station in the metro Atlanta area. So I had to travel a lot. And I can remember hearing Sean Hannity on WGST AM 640 in Atlanta. And he hit me as an arrogant little twerp. <laughs> I mean, Typical New Yorker. I mean, it was just like... <laughs> This guy, you know, you're on a radio station, and this is before Atlanta became as, quote, metropolitan as it is today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like, and how did you survive working at a radio station in Huntsville, Alabama before coming here? <laughs> I, know, I mean, maybe that's why you didn't stay long in Huntsville. And prior to that, you were a house painter. I mean, let's look at the guys. He went from being an uneducated house painter to finally landing a radio program in Huntsville and then WGST, 50,000 watts with a horrible nighttime signal at a very low power, (laughs) trying to go up against WSB, the 50,000 watt blowtorch. They're trying to be edgy. You know, double, and so you get an edgy sounding New Yorker that, you know, that has this rapid fire, you know, a talent, you know, for shutting people down and hanging up on them. And he he's there, you know, and, and he's he gets on the radio uh, to fill in. Oh, I remember what happened. One of the best hosts that WGST had had to go off the air because he wanted to take a job elsewhere at WSB. And so there was a sudden opening, and that's how Hannity got in there. But for some reason, Hannity got picked up by WABC in New York for Mm. a local show and for a program called Hannity and Combs at 9 p.m. on Fox. In the early days of Fox, when they were just starting out. So, you know, he didn't make that much (laughs) money then. And then eventually, right when 9-11 hit, Ironically, uh, right before, the day before 9-11, is when Hannity started his radio program nationally. Makes you wonder that they know something back then. But, well, you know, I, I just, I say that. All this stuff's all planned. I mean, and, and so, I believe the, the problem we have today, and, and I know you and I will be talking about a lot of other topics, but 
there is too much of the conservative narrative in certain publications that are well funded that 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 worry me. Is They're it not like, really conservative? Are we be is one side being played against the other to keep us eternally divided? Oh, and gosh, so we're yes. at war with each other. <laughs> so we we never see the real truth about any particular issue, just the truth as they want us to see it. Right. It's the old British divide and conquer. And then you look at the Sean Hannity's and others that will tell a court of law, oh, yeah, I talked about, you know, election fraud, but I never believed one word of it. The, 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 the 2020 election was just perfectly fine and dandy, and, and, and Biden really did get all those votes. <laughs> I mean, this is what Sean Hannity's telling a court of law. Yeah. And, and I'm going, no. You know what? What I really believe in my when I look over the history of the FBI, the CIA, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop, the twenty-five <clears throat> intelligence officers. Uh, let's go all the way back to Kennedy's assassination. There has been a group within the globalist, even in the United States, that want to keep us. To, as lo- look, as long as I'm busy fighting Adam Schiff and his friends. You know, and, and as long as, well, let's say not me. I, I think I look at things a little differently. But as long as from a purely secular point of view, if you are a secular conservative, allegedly, you know, and you don't really have a, shall we say, apocalyptic end of time understanding, it, you're easily manipulated to be just happily divided uh, it's like what goes on in the Republican Party. We have Democrat light in, in many in, in many of these people. You know, like Lindsey Graham is a good example. He thinks that Trump supporters and all that are really buffoons. And he thinks the people that vote for him in South Carolina are equally buffoonish because they vote for him. And he gets away mm-hmm. with it every six yep. years. You know, the guy, the guy was a McCain uh, acolyte. Uh, the guy was all for illegal immigration for how many years? Until, oh, I don't know, three months, you know, till till the year he's got to get elected. Then he becomes Mr. Conservative all over again. And he's got the power and the money of D.C. behind him. And and I don't know. The guy just hits me wrong on. You have to wonder how free and real the elections in South Carolina are having lived there. <laughs> for a number of years, yeah, I did. I, I, I've got family that go back that up, to the, on the up and up. I, I got family going back to the 1600s in South Carolina, in in the Belton region. Came up mm. from Charleston up to the uh, Belton and Pendleton and Honeypath area, which is near Anderson and Greenville. Up, so yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And you know, there, there's something that doesn't seem right. Right. Uh, South Carolina is a very gay state, mm -hmm. but to elect a gay senator, an openly gay senator in in Southern Baptist, South Carolina, that takes a bit of a stretch. And and I understand, you know, there are certain cities and communities, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, that when you say that, you're very right. Um, Charleston hits me as one of those communities that lean to the gay side. Yeah. Um, there are other places that do as well around Columbia, uh, where the state capital Spartanburg is. Spartanburg in the upstate. Oh, yes. Yeah, Sparkletown. Yep. Parts of, <laughs> you um, know the name. Yes. Yeah, Sparkle so, City. 
you know, and and so there are there. Are, it's funny. Greenville, South Carolina, is one of those areas where you are either on one extreme, Bob Jones University, oh, or God, the other. Yes. You know, yep. <laughs> I'm just go down Wade Hampton Boulevard. You know, you you can go from the strip club to the most fundamentalist Bible college in the United States and in two miles. The girls who the girls who walk out of of, of BJU, and I do mean that the way I say it, walk into a. a a mall, go into a changing room, change into their super mini disco clothes, go into those strip clubs, go into the nightclubs, yeah. and then change back and go back to BJU. Yeah, I know there's a lot of that that goes on. And, you know, the small towns, you know, in South Carolina, outside of maybe a Clemson, because it is a university town, and I, I, I lived in Clemson a million years ago. And I could already, there was already something about Clemson that disturbed me back in the 70s working there. You know, yep. you started getting the uh, the little health food stores, you know, kind of thing with the incense burning. Yeah. And and it was almost cultish. Oh, gosh. But, have you been by Asheville lately? Oh, well, <laughs> Trashville, North Carolina. Yeah, I worked there for a while at one time. Oh, that's right. Uh, at the I, beginning I, of the pandemic. I mean, I, look, I don't, I, I'm not going to worry about my disclosure agreements anymore because I'm not, I'm never going back. I don't care how much they beg. And they have, by the way, asked me to do some work for them, and I just have put it off. Um, I, I work for the county there, and, and that is. This is where all the weirdos from Massachusetts, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Vermont, uh, they congregate in the mountains in this one little town called Asheville. Yep. And it is like nothing I've ever seen. No, I mean, look, I knew there were little pockets of weirdness in the south, in the mountains. I get it. Uh, they just didn't want. But it to be used a- to be hillbillies and 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 uh, uh, moonshine makers, and now it's Satanists and people who think that they're actually vampires. Yeah, and 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 the city of Asheville. Now, Buncombe County was kind of strange. Buncombe, the county is not blue. The city is, and the city is half <laughs> is like half of the population, and so it makes Buncombe County purple only because of the city of Asheville. Mm-hmm. And so you go into Chandler, just down the road, about four or five miles. And that was, you know, they, they, you couldn't find a house that didn't have a Trump flag on it. <laughs> and, and and everybody, and, and you could hear gunshots, you know, as they're hunting. I mean, it, it was a different world outside the city. That's just like Atlanta. Oh, yeah. You drive anywhere outside of Atlanta and you're in America. Well, yeah, but the problem is the tentacles of Atlanta are beginning to stretch way beyond, way beyond. That's sad. The city of Atlanta. Now, I want to just take a moment here, if you don't mind, if you'll hang Mm -hmm. in here, because I'm, you know, one of the, one of the, somebody made a mention to me the other day that the way the program is being done. Sometimes we don't get the address because you guys, you know, and, and if I, if somebody's just tuning in on shortwave radio, if you've been going for a half hour, they may have missed what's going on. So I just want to kind of let people know you're listening to a program called Truth to Ponder, and we cover a lot of topics on this radio program, uh, everything from, well, even issues of faith, issues of honesty, issues of truth. 
We watched how the pandemic of 2020 has played out and things that were called conspiracy theories two years ago, people acknowledge as truth today. Yet there's still things coming out that are increasingly being proved to be true and they're still fighting tooth and nail to suppress and that's just the way it is. And, you know, so we, we, we try to give you the stuff they don't want you to know. We are not controlled by advertisers. We're not controlled by anything except you. We're here to serve you, the audience. And, and my goal for 2023, besides getting a little healthier and stronger, is to watch this radio program grow and other things launch because of this program, especially in giving hope in a lost and dying world to share the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. And yeah, I don't depend on the politicians to save me. They are always going to let me down. What does the Bible say? Do not put your trust or hope in the princes and sons of men of this world. That's from the Psalms. Put it in, put it in God. And so we, we talk about that a lot. If you believe in the work, visit our website, truth2ponder.com. You can email me. I'm the only guy that sees it. I am the only staff. And if you can help us pay for the airtime, consider a, a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And the address for Ancient Word Radio is Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510, the city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. And I'll give you that address again in just a few minutes. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And of course, I want to welcome my guest again, uh, Dr. William Wong. If you're just tuning in to the program. And Dr. Wong, I want to just pick up where we left off just a moment ago talking about what's happened in the southeast and i'm going to really show my age here i can remember way back in the 1960s visiting family in south carolina and back in the 1960s everybody went to church i mean everybody yes. went to church there was and they no, got dressed up to go to church they, they did and then it didn't matter if you were baptist presbyterian methodist pentecostal pentecostal holiness you go down the line you went to church and if you were a little boy you had a little tie on or a little bow tie that clipped on you know you know what mm-hmm. i'm talking about yep <laughs> and everybody got in the car i can remember i can remember visiting my grandparents in rural well it was a city but it hadn't grown to the size it is today i mean the biggest grocery store was amp Ooh, there was no mall there were a few little you know strip mall shopping centers uh local stuff downtown gallant belk uh there was a big five and dime you know which everybody knew uh kreskis and all that stuff yeah and, and and, and the women wore dresses, they didn't wear pants, they didn't have tattoos, they didn't smoke in public. I mean, just a different world. And there were only a, only a couple of beer joints, and they were kind of tucked away, if you know what I mean. And, yes. and, you, and you couldn't even get alcohol, you couldn't even get, uh, there was no such thing as a bar that served hard liquor. And you, if you wanted, to, and there were very, very few package stores around, and and you know, good old Baptists never talked to each other at a package store. 
That's just the way it was, you know. And and I can remember going to this, you know, my grand my grandfather and grandmother's church, uh, very Bible believing Methodist church. There was no weirdness going on. And I can remember being invited to go with a bunch of young people, and I was barely old enough, you know. They were really was for like young teens to go down to Atlanta, which was you know a good two hour drive away in the little bus, to help clean up a park in Atlanta in a very bad neighborhood of uh, of you know low income housing. Not far and in the shadow of of the world famous Ebenezer Baptist Church, which had you know, which at that time this is before this is right before night. This is like nineteen sixty seven, maybe sixty six, where Martin Luther King was pastor. Right, and so we're down in this neighborhood in Atlanta, helping you know these other young people, you know, in Bible study and everything else for a couple of days and also helping to keep this park nice as we're coming into springtime. I never felt my life was threatened. I never felt that I was going to be shot, killed, maimed, hurt, or robbed. Never, I never felt that. Even in this low-income neighborhood, it just never, there was none of that going on. And Atlanta, the city was just a big city in Atlanta. And if I recall, the population of that entire metropolitan area hadn't even hit a million yet. And it was still spread out. There was no skyscrapers. It was just, and there was no big airport. And then I can remember seeing it again in the early 70s. And I flew through it on the way to Texas, you know, because they were changing planes even then. But there was no big airport. You actually walked out on the tarmac to walk onto your plane. Little tiny airport. And then somebody decided it's a great hub for everything. And the city's metropolitan population is absolutely, it's no longer like the the number 20th city. It's up there in the top 10 or less. And the whole character of everything has changed. I, I can remember areas that were farmland are now huge buildings on the outskirts of 285 uh where the where the where the in into growing into Gwinnett County growing into Cobb County and I can remember how Cobb County was you know 40 years ago it's totally different today the idea that a that a a liberal regardless of party because 40 years ago conservative democrats ruled the roost in the south yeah and and when the democrat party left them they became they, they they moved on to the Republican Party. Now you've been in the South for a good chunk of your life. I know you and I are both from <laughs> Brooklyn, uh, New York. But what has your experience been in the South? It depended on where. Uh, I have I have lived in in uh, Spartanburg while my ex was going through chiropractic school, and for a few years after that, and the. The atmosphere within the city of Spartanburg, which is something like 40,000 people, mm-hmm. was somewhat divided. And I will, uh, uh, you, you could divide it into three. There were the, the fairly well-to-do, affluent, middle-class, upper-middle-class folks. Yeah, money and, probably came from textiles back in the day. Exactly, yes. The, the, the uh, uh, Tytex and... and uh, 
uh, oh gosh, JP, all of them came from there. Yeah. Uh, They were church going. They were moderately conservative, but leaning towards getting liberal. There were your lower class folks who were staunchly fundamentalist. Mm -hmm. And there were the welfare recipients who weren't one thing or another. And then there were the gays who were pretending sometimes to be staunch churchgoers, mm-hmm. except when they got caught by their wives in the gay bars or they brought their, their boyfriends home or whatever else. And th- there was there was always a conflict between the fundamentalists and the more liberal folks, except when you walked into the men's club in the YMCA and you saw all the fundamentalist men sitting there butt naked in front of other men who were sitting there butt naked waiting to get massages and you go, uh, something wrong here. And you just kind of walk you out know, of the locker room. One of the things, now correct me if I'm wrong, this is my impression. Once again, I came south to live in the early 70s. And so I'm just a, I'm just a youngster and I marry a southern gal. Uh, so, I mean, and I've only with one exception, uh, when I worked for one year for a company to move them south, uh, I've been in the south and, and this has been home for me, uh, since by the, since I was literally 19 years of 20 years of age, you know, finishing up some of my tech school and then I did more school later, but still, I'm more of a, I consider myself more of a son of the South than somebody that happened to be born in Brooklyn, raised up until age 11 or 12 in Long Island. Then then I lived in rural upstate New York and might as well, it's it's the snow, it's the South with snow where I was at. It was so rural and it was all farming. And then I went on to Ohio and then from Ohio to the, you know, the rest is history. But I, I, I look at the changes, and, and, and one of the things that stands out, and I, and I became more aware of this uh, after I had worked in Atlanta in broadcast engineering. I'd been on the radio for years, too, but I made this switch to, on, to engineering, and then I went to work for a, co- a Christian college in, in northeast Georgia, and I did a lot of travel. And I started noticing something about the main line churches in the larger towns. Not all of them. There's always an exception. You know that, mm-hmm. and I know that. Yeah. Uh, but the first Presbyterians, the first Methodist, and to some extent, not always, some of the first Baptists began to compromise on things that used to be fundamental to the faith that they claim to believe. Exactly. Yes. And and it started in the mainline churches and and it and and obviously it had been occurring probably for a for at least a few decades before mm. in places like Princeton, New Jersey and the seminaries like uh, Duke in I mean, look, all the main seminaries uh, that Henry. were that were producing, and I, that's Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Duke, and you can yeah right Emory down in Atlanta, Methodist. Go, you can go down the list. Started to compromise a little bit, and it began to filter its way into the mainstream churches, not just in Chicago, not just in Los Angeles, not just in Philadelphia, but it's making its way 
with some of the southern seminaries as well into the Atlantas, into the Augustas, into the Savannas, into, shall we say, the southern cities that were desiring to be cosmopolitan. Yes. Now, when we come back in just a moment, I want to pick up on this, and then I there's some other things. I do want to talk some health stuff with you today and maybe even get you back on the program a little later this week. Real fast, I want to thank everybody that has supported this radio program since its inception uh, since and praying for me during this time. I've got surgery coming up this week, and, and I want you to keep me in your prayers. And I want to thank you for all the prayers you have given me to date. I I really am feeling better overall. And after this, I really hope to, after, you know, maybe a few weeks of recuperation, to get back on my feet. And and there's a project that is so near and dear to my heart. Uh, Doing a program like this, talking about the world around us, is one thing. We need to find solutions to the problems in the world around us and how to be ready to be back in the catacombs. I'm sorry, but the day's going to come even in this country, if you haven't seen it already, that that living for your faith is going to be criticized, condemned. So many have just walked away from the faith. Faithful churches are aging out and even unfaithful churches are aging out because nobody cares anymore. The little pastorette, you know, in front of her little congregation talking social justice. It's all first-generation baby boomers that are aging out in that congregation and very few young people. We need to build the church, and that's part of what this ministry has got to focus on in 2023. Real quick, if you can support us, consider a gift made payable to Ancient Word Radio, mailing address, post office box 510, That's Post Office Box 510. And the city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie is 24319. That zip code again, 24319. And you can also support us from the website, Truth, the number two ponder.com. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Rest and memory foam coming up. Shalom Aleichem. <laughs> this is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, giving you the Jewish roots of your faith in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Well, I, I was looking for a mattress, so I, I went into this this place and this mattress where I'm laying on the bed, like a bed to bed, like the princess and the pea, and one thing's not right, and this one has, they said this one has memory foam, and I'm thinking that memory, I don't want a bed with memory, I don't want a car with a computer, I don't want a car with a mind of it, so I don't want a bed with memory, and this one has motion separation, and, and you know, motion separation, that's for like lunar modules, not for beds. This one, they tell me the price for these new beds, they're like a they're like $2,000 for a mattress, and they, and they say, you'll you'll feel refreshed. Said, I'm not going to feel refreshed for $2,000 for a mattress. You know, I'd rather sleep on a rock, you know, and it just, you know, in, in the old days, they just, you know, you wanted so firm support. You, you slept on a rock, you know, but I realized how much this world spends on rest, on sleep, how much it values it, how much people pay for rest. Well, it's written, the Lord gives his people sleep. 
You know, it says, come to me, I'll give you rest. You want a good night's sleep? It's not your mattress that's the problem. You know, it's, it's not what you're laying your body on. It's what you're resting your soul on. If you will rest your soul and your mind on God, on Messiah, the Prince of Peace, and not on your problems, you'll have rest. Cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I don't care how soft it is. You can, you cannot rest your soul on a mattress. You can only rest it on him. So stop worrying. Trust. It says, stop worrying. Stop fearing. Trust in him. Rest in him. Trust in the Lord. You'll find rest for your souls because he is truly the prince, the Sar Shalom, the prince of Shalom, the prince of peace. And that's better than any mattress. Want more? Well, uh, ask for Psalm 37 on CD. Uh, the teaching. Now, to receive something so awesome, it's been hidden for 2,000 years. The awesome Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD. You will love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to help you become strong and victorious in God. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' really rename Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So, for your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples across the world. It's amazing. The farthest way you can ever spread that gospel is to blanket the earth through shortwave radio. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world. You can do it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. The Nice Jewish Boy at Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Gahn saying, get some rest in the Lord. Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, or Haolam, the light of the world. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our radio program today, Truth to Ponder. My guest is Dr. William Wong, somebody that a lot of you know. And yeah, we're going to talk some health stuff in a few minutes. Uh, I really think we should. Dr. Wong has been uh, a huge blessing in my life with all that I have been going through, not, not knowing what I was going through. And the encouragement has been, it's why I'm still doing the radio program, to know that there is a reason and there's a purpose. And and, and Dr. Wong and I share a lot of similarities in our faith background, not identical, but close enough uh, to realize that we live in a world where I don't care what anybody says and, and people can laugh at me. I don't care. You can laugh all you want. Are there demons in this world? You better believe it. Um, Is there the occult in active practice? Yes. Are there dangers in our world? You better believe it. Are our kids a target? You explain to me why men want to dress as women and twerk and dance obscenely in front of very young preschoolers. That's not natural. It's not normal. There's so much today we're being told that in the womb, a child can know their gender. I guess the ones we don't abort. And for some reason, you know, we are to cultivate that gender reassignment at the earliest possible age. Tell me that's not demonic. Dr. Wong, we've both lived in the Southeast and I can remember the days and we're talking the 40 years ago 
when it when it truly was the Bible Belt, even Asheville, North Carolina, would yep. be considered the Bible Belt. Well, Billy Graham didn't live too far away. Uh, he lived right there, and uh, right there at Black Mountain, just outside of Asheville. I've got I've got a dear friend whose husband uh, just took a job being the program director and media and online content director for Billy Graham's radio station in Black Mountain, WMIT. And so they've been looking for a house up there. And she is originally from Georgia, but she hadn't been around Asheville in about 25 years. And the culture shock. She goes, this is not the Asheville I can remember visiting. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, when I went, I, I've only been to Asheville prior to my working there in 2020 uh, in the early days of the pandemic. And then I saw the nonsense and the lies and had to leave. Um, I can remember being in Asheville probably in the, I'm trying, I'm thinking maybe late seventies, early eighties. And it was a cute little town. It was. And, 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 gorgeous little town. And I kind of wanted to work at a radio station there. I mean, it it would have been wonderful. I thought about it. I'm glad I didn't. The town has gone berserk. Mm -hmm. It it has become, it's almost like somebody says it it must have some crystals in the ground that attract the (laughs) Satanists and the weirdos. I, I don't know it's what it the, is. The vortex, man. <laughs> there is something, and and you feel it. Yeah. When I mean, when I was there, I, I stayed in a hotel, and I, I learned there if I needed to get stuff because you know there was nothing really opened. Uh, I just got on Highway 25 and I drove 20 minutes, you know, 15 minutes over to Hendersonville. Mm. They're not weird over there. Yeah. But if I was to drive into Asheville, you saw nothing but tattoos. You saw nothing but things on people's faces and green and purple hair and weirdness and black lipstick and on men, too. It's like, what is wrong with these people? It's one of the only places where where Walmart has has a place where witches can park their brooms. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 there's something. So some of these cities like Atlanta, Asheville, parts of Greenville, parts of Spartanburg, a good chunk of, uh, hate to say it, uh, you know, down in Charleston, beautiful Charleston, historic well, Charleston, tell you about Charleston, Savannah. Oh, tell me about Charleston. Uh, Father Malachi Martin who is, was the exorcist. He was the exorcist, the, the top exorcist for the entire Roman Catholic Church. He was a friend of uh, Pope Paul VI. He wrote in one of his books, uh, I don't remember which, that in Charleston there was a ceremony in 1963 which was concurrent with a ceremony in a small chapel in St. Peter's in Rome where they called in Satan to be the prince of the church. And they installed Satan as the prince of the church. And it was the Archbishop of Charleston and a bunch of bishops and cardinals in Rome who were infiltrators. And we'll we'll, we'll get into that in a second because it speaks to what we were talking about before, about the fundamentalist uh, seminaries going going liberal and gay. Uh, And the... The ceremony was done in, uh, I think, of March of 63, and from uh, then on, the church started going wrong. We had Vatican II. We had all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff mm-hmm. in, 
in the Roman church that that started plunging the church down into the liberal, gay, pedophile stuff we see it being guilty of today. I, I went to, part of my college education was spent for a year at St. John's University in New York. Mm-hmm. And I was a commuting student. And there were two sets of clergy, the way I look back now. And you'd have some of these new younger clergy, and then you had some of what I call the old timers. Yeah. You know, these are the guys that are in their 50s and 60s on the campus. They're still professors, and they're pretty solid and decent individuals. One guy, uh, remember him quite well, Father Mullen, ham radio operator, got me interested in in the technology side even more than I ever thought about in broadcast when I was studying communication art sciences. But he's old school Bible believing. You don't find many of them, but he was one of them. Father Whalen, I remember him. These are just people that were actual instructors in not just theology, but other courses. And they live the life. And then I'd run into some of these younger Vincentian priests Newly ordained, you know, we're talking ordained in the early 70s. They were absolutely gay. Yes. They, they were pedophile chasing gay. Yes. And, and this is what was creeping into the church. Look, we, all, we knew that probably in the 40s and 50s, some gay men hid out in the church because they, that they could live there and not be, you know, worry about what, what the world thought. But it became it, it became more accepted that these people probably are, but who cares? Mm-hmm. And and they're chasing after young male college students, right? And and I mean, I, I I had one encounter with one, and he was very effeminate and trying to grab onto me, and he better be thankful that I have I'm a peace loving individual, or I would have I would have dropped him permanently on the spot all i told him was if you ever get close to me again i said i will tear you apart and i will haul you before you know the old vincentian fathers that don't buy this stuff i said stay away from me get nowhere i said if you get within 100 feet of me i will come after you and i will bust your skull yep are you familiar with bella dodd no bella dodd was a communist in the 1920s and 1930s through the 40s and uh, I think she changed in the 50s. Bella Dodd's job given to her by the Communist Party in Moscow was to infiltrate the Roman Catholic Church in the United States from the inside Mm -hmm. with atheists and communists who were pretending to be Catholics. And she did this, she she said she, she infiltrated several thousand priests or several thousand of these men into the mm-hmm. Roman Catholic priesthood mm-hmm. throughout the, 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 the 30s through the 50s. And then she had a change of heart and started talking about the infiltration. Well, if that was happening here, what was happening elsewhere? It was happening all over. Oh, the yeah, it, we're doing this everywhere. Doing it even in Nazi Germany. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Bulgaria, all that region where you have both Orthodox and Roman Catholic, uh, France, uh, Italy, all of it. I mean, this was Germany, Belgium, Norway, all of it. There, and then, of course, don't forget uh, what we saw starting to happen in the 70s in South America, mm-hmm. liberation theology. Theology, 
The wonderful Jesuits gave that to us. I know. Just like Anthony Fauci is a Jesuit, in case people didn't know. Here's a funny story about the Jesuits. A friend of mine, really good friend, went to Xavier High School. And if you know anything about the old Xavier High School in New York, Mm -hmm. it was the most, it was the strictest military school anywhere. These guys were so strict and so good at, 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 at being military that they beat the U.S. Marine Corps silent drill team in drill. That's how good they were. Now, a lot of the Jesuits who were wearing black at Xavier had been wearing black 20 years before, only they were riding tanks and going into Russia. Hmm. So uh, that, that gives you the idea of how strict and military these guys were. Right now, Xavier is a, not a military school anymore. Mm-hmm. Right now, the pulpits at Xavier are teaching uh, uh, trans and, and, and uh, uh, gay mm-hmm. theology, mm-hmm. Uh, 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 how, to, uh, how to change your sex, how to be, you know, what, whatever you think you want to be. And the difference is so 180 degrees yeah. in the opposite direction. Yeah. It is shocking. And you look today, and there's a Jesuit pope sitting in the chair. Yeah. And and you know, I, look, I, I just so my my audience knows, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to get into a discussion with you about Roman Catholicism or any of it. Uh, that I don't need to be doing that. We're just trying to point out that let's let's talk about Lutherans, let's talk about Presbyterians and Methodists, and and what has happened since the 1970s in those formerly. Very well-established churches, and yes, dare I say it, even the Southern Baptists are beginning to have some serious issues. The Southern Baptist Convention is self-destructing. Right before your very eyes. Mostly over the gay issue. And you've got those that are trying to mainstream it in the Southern Baptist Church. Yes. And maybe we should have women pastors in the Southern Baptist Church. You know, I mean, in other words, anything that you didn't do before, we've got to change it all and then reinvent the Bible to suit us. What what a lot of people don't recognize. There's one. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Charles Spurgeon said it well back in the 1800s. He said, the day's going to come. When pastors are no longer going to be the shepherd of the sheep, they're going to be clowns entertaining the goats. Yeah. And he was very true. I look at some of these contemporary churches and some of the stuff they're doing that is blasphemous, that is not holy, that is ungodly. Oh, but we got to attract people to come in. And so you have these entertainers. You have this theology where the music is all about me and my feelings, how what I want me, 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 me. And they don't want to talk about the things of God. No. And the message is nothing but a Dr. Phil pep talk. No offense to Dr. Phil. But but it's no longer teaching the word of God. It's no, no. longer about Christ's sacrifice on the cross, redemption and repentance. That's gone. We've taken the the, the most powerful element of what the church is supposed to be and we've robbed it, we've stolen it, we've trashed it, we've removed it, and now we're nothing more than the circus and the goats. And these mainline churches are collapsing from within. The Bible talked about a great falling away. Mm -hmm. And what do we do? We do home church. 
We stay in little, small groups with taking in no money from anyone, no affiliation to anything. We study scripture and we try to become one with God. We find our own way, the way the church initially did the first 300 years before the Romans came by and institutionalized everything. Now, for some of the listeners out there, that may be a hard pill to swallow because I'm looking at a church building. But then again, it's very small. It's never going to be but more than a handful of people and no more than a hub to use to send material and others to be empowered elsewhere. What do we do? We stay small. We stay true to God. And if someone doesn't want to listen, we let them go. You know, why beat your head against the wall? trying to, quote, convert someone when you know their heart really isn't into it. Yeah. The ones who will, the ones whose heart is true will come and find you. Mm-hmm. It, it's a rough world out there, you know, and this has been on my, my mind for about a year, not quite, mm-hmm. that preparing people for where we are heading to is something the church has failed to do yeah uh people are ignorant and uh you got those and i i get people mad when i say this what if your rapture doesn't appear uh <laughs> then what are you what are you gonna do yeah. i mean uh you're stuck here you're, you're stuck and you got no survival stuff and you know and and that that 25 year food stuff will be found by all the other people that are out there that are hungry <laughs> so i mean i look at this place that i'm looking at as just a small ministry hub where 20 or 25 people gather and and then we export from there to help build other churches like it small yeah. you're right I, I do feel that i mean i've been involved with big churches but but there's something saying it's not going to be allowed someday so what is your plan uh, big Presbyterian church in a town near me that used to see 250 300 they got 30 people in there Wow. You know, I mean, this is where the world is going. And this is the Bible yeah. Belt. The Bible Belt. Where 70% of the people stay home on Sunday or just go to Home Depot. The ones who, 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 who do go to church want a positive message. They want the prosperity gospel. Yeah. They want to know that, that, that everything, every perversion that they want to do is okay. Yeah. And God will grant them their wish <laughs> to no enjoy fine. that. Yeah. What does God, what does he, what does the word say? He, he will give unto them mass delusion mm-hmm. where they can no longer see the truth. And, and we're seeing that play out in so many aspects of our life. Now, I always give you a couple of minutes because you give of your time to be on this program. I know you, you, you're into, you know, better health and you've done so much for me. And by the way, I, I am a paying customer. I get nothing free. Um, so when I say I, I've used the products, I'm a paying customer. Uh, there are some things you have for health. And I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes here to share just a few thoughts on, on how people can can take better care of themselves because our medical establishment is under attack. Our medical establishment has been bought and paid for for the longest time, for decades. The, the um, um, let me not even go there. Folks who want to find out about how to fight the things most likely to kill you can go look for the lecture, fighting the things most likely to, <laughs> to, to kill us 
on YouTube and on BitChute. Uh, if you want to listen to my radio shows, they are both on YouTube and BitChute. Just dial in Dr. William Wong or Dr. William Wong's Essentials and you will find them. But listen to the lecture. Most folks just play the lecture over and over and over. I can't believe how many people tell me, I listen to your lecture 50 times and each time I get something new out of it. Wow. You know, I, I, it, it, it's probably the, 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 the second most important thing I've ever done. And, and, and I can't take credit for it. You know, God inspired me to, to put all that stuff together into that lecture. Uh, so listen to the lecture. If you want to read some of my articles, uh, go to drwongsmessage.com, drwongsmessage.com. You know, we, we had uh, three other websites that got taken down maliciously back in 2016. Uh, we don't know by who. And uh, most of my articles, which I had uh, 60 plus articles on a website, we had a, uh, I had every show from 2007 to the middle of uh, 2016 on there. And uh, we had another one called Enzyme Science, which had almost 200 peer reviewed journal published uh, studies on systemic enzymes. They were all taken down. They were so extensive that we haven't had the time to rebuild them. My wife, Michelle, who is the CEO of our company, has also built every website we've ever had. She's a wonderful web ma master, web mistress, uh, but she hasn't had the time to redo those websites. So something th there was that was important enough for somebody somewhere to take those sites down. We've tried to continue the message despite the opposition. God has given us the grace to do uh, to overcome that and do really well despite the opposition. So please go listen to the lecture. And then if you want to go take a look at our products, they're available at drwongsessentials.com. My guest today, Dr. William Wong, always a pleasure to have, have had him on the program. It, it, it's just a lot of fun. And I hope you enjoyed the time that he and I shared on the program, his insight on politics, the world in which we live, just good observations, and also some good advice. And I hope that you'll avail yourself. I have. I'm a paying customer. There's no, he's not buying airtime and, and he's not, we're not trading anything out. I actually have bought a number of his products and I'm very happy. Just so you know, that's just off to the side. Now, if you believe in the work that we're doing here at Truth to Ponder, and you would consider keeping us on shortwave radio, would you consider mailing a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. And I'm going to give you a moment to get a pen and pencil. For those that would, and before I give you the address, for those that would like to support us online, you can do that too. Our website, truththenumber2ponder.com. That's truththenumber2ponder.com. There are ways that are secure. You can do it from there or make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 34219. Once again, the zip... 34219. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth 
the number two and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.